0: welcome to the larry crawford leadership podcast a podcast designed to help you become the leader you were created to be Well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Uh, It is the most wonderful time of the year, but also this time of the year can be one of the busiest times of the year. I believe for leaders, though, this time of the year is one of the most strategic times of the year as we finish the year well, but also as we look ahead into 2023 and the years ahead. There are three types of people. There are those who make things happen. There are those who watch things happen. And there are those who wondered what happened. Uh, We want to make sure that we're not those that are wondering what is happening. We want to make sure we're not those that are just watching what are happening. But we want to be involved in making things happen because that's what leaders do. Leaders lead. The subjects we're going to discuss on this episode will not only help you become the leader you were created to be, but they will position you to experience your best year yet. Uh, Today, we're going to discuss how to complete an annual review. We're going to look back at 2022, but also we're going to look forward and we're going to learn how to set goals, goals that are effective, goals that are growth-oriented, goals that will help us uh, take the dreams and make them into a reality And so first, we're going to take a look as we take a look at how to lead uh, in an annual review, how to lead our team. Uh, You can do this for your team. You can do this for your business. You can do this for your employees. Uh, This would be fruitful for anyone. It also would be helpful even for people's personal life to take time and do an annual review to look back and then to take time to do goal setting where we can look forward. And so let me give you some steps that has helped me that I believe that'll be helpful for you as well. Uh, Step number one is block out uninterrupted time and find the right place. So block out uninterrupted time and find a place uh, where you can get away from the busyness of your schedule, the distractions, and hopefully any type of interruptions as well. Our staff just did this. We actually closed the office and uh, spent the day together looking back at annual review and then looking forward, uh, setting goals for 2023 and beyond. Uh, Personally, I'm also going to do this the week between Christmas and New Year's. I'll take that week to personally and professionally take a look back, uh, an annual review, and then also take a look forward and set some goals as we prepare for 2023. And so the again, step one is you have to take time. Uh, we're all busy, and this is the busiest time of the year. But again, for a leader, I believe that it is the most strategic time of the year and what we do in this time can make a difference, not only how we finish the year, but also make a difference in how our next year and the years ahead end up end up being, you know, are we able to position ourselves for success. Step number two is we need to make note of key moments, key memories, and milestones from the last year. And so how we're going to do this is you're simply going to take out your calendar from last year, 2022, and we did this as a staff, and we literally started in January, and we walked through every month and walked through the entire year, and we went through month by month, and we looked at each week, we looked at the happenings, uh, the activities, and I'm going to give you some uh, ways to take a deeper look into that, but what you want to do is you want to uh, create a chart. And you would write down January, and then you'd write key moments or a key moment, uh, key memories, and also milestones. And if if you have a team, it's really good to discuss with your team. Uh, We were able to spend quite a bit of time not only noting these, but discussing and just being able to walk through and look at everything that has, everything that was accomplished in 2022 and also how it's led us to where we are at this point right now leading into the new year. And so you want to go through each month. You want to mark those down. You want to take time, discuss those. If you're just doing it individually, you want to take time and and just go through it yourself. Uh, If you're doing it with your spouse, it's great for couples to do, for families to do, and it will be helpful in uh, looking at last year, but also learning from last year, and then uh, preparing for a successful 2023. And that brings us to step three. And this is the one that will uh, take the longest. And if you spend time in it it, will bring it, it will produce the most fruit. Step three is we need to take a time of reflection. We need to reflect. Many uh, people have said experience is the best teacher. But I love what Dr. Howard Hendricks said. He said, experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is. And I believe that is so true. Uh, that we learn from our experiences. But if we go back and evaluate our experiences, we can learn so much more. And so let me share with you four keys to effective reflection. Four keys to effective reflection. Number one, ask the right questions. Ask Ask a lot of questions, but also make sure you're asking the right questions. And in just a few moments, I'm going to share some questions that are have been helpful uh, to me and our team, and I believe will helpful, be helpful to you and your team as well. So number one, ask the right questions. Number two, authentic answers. In other words, when you ask the questions, make sure that you're authentic in your answer. Uh, you know, as, as you answer it, we must answer it truthfully as best as we can. Sometimes it's painful. Some of the questions we're going to ask because we didn't accomplish what we hoped to or we didn't do as well as we thought we would or should. But through that, it's going to enable us to learn and get better. The third key to effective reflection is take time and think about it. In other words, analyze. Now, don't overanalyze it. We don't want to get into analysis paralysis. But we want to take time to really think about and look at what happened, and what we learned from the answers to these questions, which will position us to not only learn from last year, but also help us into the new year. Number four is uh, just that, lessons learned and action steps that we need to take. So lessons that we've learned and action steps that we need to take. Now, what I want to do is I want to share a few topics uh, that questions come out of that will help you and your team, help you as an individual, uh, you and your family, or you and your team uh, become more successful. And so the first one is success and growth. As you know, I'm very uh, much believe in having a growth plan. And if we don't have a growth plan, then we're not going to grow. We're just going to simply exist. We're just going to watch what is happening, or we're going to wonder what happened. Well, if you have a growth plan, goals that are growth-oriented, then what you're going to do is you're going to make things happen. And so I want to talk about success and growth. Here's some questions where we can take a look back and we can reflect and we can take time and analyze and then we can learn lessons from these things. The first one, and I asked our team this, what is the one thing that we did best this year? And you can ask yourself, what's what's the one thing that you did best this year? The one thing you did best. And and a second question, what is one thing that we need to improve upon or that you need to improve upon? Now, as you do this, as you think about what's the one thing you did best, what's the one thing you need to improve upon, some other questions you may ask and answer are what were two or three of the biggest accomplishments or successes of this past year and what contributed to them. In other words, looking back, here's what we did and this was really good, but how did, how did those things come about? How did we get there? And then number four, how did you grow over the past 12 months? Again, growth minded, a growth mindset. How did you grow over the past 12 months and what's different? Question number five under success and growth, what are some healthy habits you integrated into your life? You know, again, it's, The way we become successful is by what we do consistently day in and day out. And so we want to create healthy habits, healthy patterns that will position us to be more successful. So looking back, what are some healthy habits you integrated into your life? Number six, what were the biggest obstacles you overcame this year? Look back at the obstacles, uh, times when you thought, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it over this or make it through this. And the ones that you did, how did you make it through? What were they? Celebrate those, but also learn from those. Number seven, what were two or the three of the best decisions you made all year? So when you're looking back at your month to month each week, what are two or the three of the best decisions that you made all year? Now, the second category I want to look at under questions here is failure and What we want to do is we all fail, but we want to fail forward. I like what Dr. John Maxwell says. He says, failing forward is the ability to get back up after you've been knocked down. Learn from your mistake and move forward in a better direction. Let me say that again. That is so good. Failing forward is the ability to get back up after you've been knocked down. Some of you have been knocked down. This year it's knocked you down and you felt like maybe it knocked you out. But it's the ability to get back up, learn from your mistake, and move forward in a better direction. Now, how are we going to do that? Well, let's, let's give some questions that can help in our review and in our reflection. Question number one, what were your biggest failures? What were your, we all had failures. So what were our biggest failures for this past year? And what did we learn from them or what can we learn from them? Question number two. What goals didn't you accomplish and what got in the way? So we set goals, as we're going to talk about, and I'm actually going to give you a proven system that will enable you not only to set goals, but to take those goals and to actually accomplish those goals and even exceed those goals. And so we'll do that here in just a little bit. But what goals didn't you accomplish and what got in the way? Question number three. What were some bad habits you followed or adopted? You know, we talked about developing good habits, but we also sometimes pick up and develop bad habits. So what were some bad habits that we picked up, followed, adopted that we need to get rid of? Question number four, what were two or three of the worst decisions you made this year and what did you learn from them? We all make good decisions and we make bad decisions And so a bad decision can become something that we learn from that can help us make better decisions if we'll take time to reflect and evaluate it. Another key area in reflection is relationships. Uh, Everything's about relationships. Life is about relationships. And so number one, what new relationships enhanced your life? Who were they and how did they enhance your life? Uh, Question number two, what single person had the biggest impact, positive or negative, on your life? And you know, another question we may need to ask is, is what relationships do we need to step back from or perhaps uh, step away from? What relationships do we need to step back from or step away from? Uh, Maybe they're toxic. And uh, we need to step back or away from those relationships for a season, or maybe maybe, maybe completely. Another area that we want to evaluate in our time of reflection is lessons learned. And you've heard me say that. Uh, there's always teaching moments. Life is full of teaching moments. Some of the best teaching happens in moments. And uh, not in a classroom. I, I believe in the classroom. And you know, if you know me, you know I love learning. You know I love teaching. You know I love sitting in the classroom and learning. But some of the best... Lessons that are learned happen in life where there are teaching moments. And so question number one, what were the top lessons that you learned this year? Question number two, what were two or three peak moments this year? What were you doing and what did you learn? What what were two or three peak moments? Man, you can just say these were two or three of the greatest moments of the year. And then also we want to ask number three, what were two or three of the lowest moments this year? What happened and what did we learn from those moments? And then finally, number four, what are five to seven words that describe your year? You know, it could have been the best year. It could have been epic. Uh, It could have been tragic. It could have been difficult. You know, what are five to seven words uh, that describe this year and then number five, and, and this is one we often overlook, and we just came through Thanksgiving. And so hopefully, you know, as a family, what we did is we literally, on Thanksgiving Day, sat around and took time to speak over each family member and share why we are thankful for that family member. And I believe that's important for you to do with your team. And I believe it's important for you to do as you evaluate and reflect upon this last year in your annual review. What are you most thankful for? As you look back, what are you most thankful for? And take time to celebrate and also take time to let the individuals that you're thankful for know that you're thankful for them and let them know why you're thankful for them. In other words, build an environment of gratitude by having an attitude of gratitude. Step number four, plan for the new year. Plan for the new year. To fail to plan is to plan to fail. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, there are three types of people. Those who make things happen, those are the planners. Those who watch things happen, those are the ones who fail to plan, and those who wonder what happened, and those also are the ones that fail to plan. You can either be on the sideline watching, or you can be in the game making things happen. Many people simply live their life existing merely surviving, but as a leader, and remember, leadership is influence, so you are a leader in some capacity. As a leader, we want to lead and help others grow by stepping out and leading the way, and one of the ways we do this is through the practice and the priority of goal setting, the practice and priority of goal setting. There are many people that never set goals. I'll share some statistics here in just a minute, but let me say this. Setting goals is putting your dreams on paper. Setting goals is putting your dreams on paper. And what it does, it puts it in front of you. And whatever's in front of you, whatever you're thinking on, you're going to begin to walk into and accomplish. And so there are three lists that we need to create three lists that you need to create, I need to create, that we need to create. One of them we'll get to is is the goals. But the first thing is also we need to create a not to do list. A not to do list. I don't know how you are, but I create every week a to-do list. Every day I uh, create my uh, top three things the night before, or what the next day looks like, but also there's other things that are on that to-do list. But what we also need to create is a not-to-do list. In other words, what are things that we are not going to do? We need to make sure that they don't interfere with what we need to do. The second list is a quit-doing list. There are some things, and some of them are habits, bad habits, things that we do, or they're they're good things, but they stand in the way of great things, more effective and more productive things. And so there are things that we need to quit doing. And so begin to make a list of, and and you know, when you're in the middle of it, why am I doing this? Because someone else could do this and I could, and, and then I could do what needs to be done over here. Someone else could do this just as well, or maybe they could even do it better. And so we need a quit doing list that we can use to delegate to other people. And that will enable us to be more productive. And it also will make our team more productive. And then number three, what we want to talk about here is goals with a growth mindset. Goals with a growth mindset. In the Harvard Business School uh, MBA study on goal setting, the the graduating class was asked to a single question about their goals in life. And the question was this, and I want to ask us this question. Have you set written goals and created a plan for their attainment? Think about that. I mean, the answer is either yes or no. Have you set written goals and created a plan for their attainment? If not, why? But even more than that, if not, let's start. And I'm going to give you a proven way to do it. Prior to graduation, it was determined. Here's the results from the survey. 84% of the entire class had set no goals at all. 84%, zero goals. 13% of the class had set written goals but had no concrete plans. And 3% of the class had both written goals and concrete plans. Now, here's the results. Check this out. I mean, uh, the results don't lie. Uh, You you probably can guess what they are. Ten years later, the 13% of the class that has set written goals but had not created plans were making twice as much money as the 84% of the class that has set no goals at all. Think about that, making twice as much money as the 84% that did not set goals. Now, here's the kicker here, though. The 3% of the class that had both written goals and a plan were making 10 times, yeah, you heard that right, 10 times as much as the rest of the 97% of the class. So goal setting not only affects your outcome, it affects your income. It not only affects your productivity and what you're able to produce, but it also affects what you're able to make, which also affects what you're able to do and produce. Now, it isn't just about creating goals the right way and writing them down. We need a proper plan for them. And I'm going to share with you a proven plan that's going to enable you, position you, empower you to do that. One of the biggest and most important takeaways from that study on goal setting is the fact that goals need to be planned. Without a plan, chances for success are minimal. Uh, One study by Statistic Brain, which decidedly analyzed the New Year's goals, you know, everyone's making New Year's resolutions, and this study here conveys a very similar fact to the Harvard business study that we just talked about that very few people achieve their goals. They claim in this, in this study that 8% of people achieve their New Year's goals, but a resounding 92% end up in failure. That just 8% achieve their goals or resolutions, 92% fail. Uh, the study also said that of Americans usually make goals. 17% of Americans infrequently make goals. 38% of Americans never make goals. I love what J.C. Penney said. He said, give me a stock clerk with a goal, and I'll give you a man who will make history. Give me a man with no goals, and I'll give you a stock clerk. Now, in speaking about goals, there are two types of goals two types of goals. Number one is achievement goals. Achievement goals are focused typically on one-time accomplishments. So you set the goal, and, and hopefully it's a very growth-oriented goal. You set it, and then you attain it. Those are achievement goals. The second one, and this is just as important and maybe even more so, are habit goals. Habit goals involve regular and ongoing activities such as daily, monthly, and so on. In other words, we want to create healthy habits, a growth mindset with growth goals. And, and I'm going to explain how to do that. I'm actually going to give you a proven plan here in just a moment. Before I do that, let me share with you 10 principal life domains. So these are 10 areas that I set goals in, 10 areas that highly successful people set goals in, 10 areas that leaders that lead well set goals in. And So let me give them to you. Number one is spiritual. As you know, I'm a man of faith. I believe in God. And as a man of faith, I have some spiritual growth-minded goals to become stronger and better spiritually. The second is intellectually. Intellectually, you want to be able to grow in your intellect. The third is emotionally. Many people are struggling with emotional uh, sickness, illness, uh, stress difficulties. And we want to take care of ourselves emotionally and set goals physically. Number four, uh, many people are out of shape or not doing well. Uh, don't have good habits that take care of our physical body. And so we want to set goals for that marital, those that are married. Now those that are single, you want to set goals for yourself as a single person. But if you're married, you want to set goals for your marriage. Uh, great marriages don't just happen. You need to work at them. And so you want to set goals for that. And if you're a parent, number six, parental, parental goals. What are some goals? Be intentional about how you raise your kids and how you pour into them. Uh, Social goals, social goals, connecting with others. Uh, Number eight is vocational goals. Vocational, your vocation. You want to set goals in that. As you do, it will help you not only excel, but it will help you reach goals and exceed those goals. Number nine is recreational goals. You've got to have fun. You've got to take time and have fun. You know, my daughter told me, dad, you need, you need a hobby. Uh, we, we've got to have things that we do and have fun doing. And if you don't plan it, it won't happen. Number 10 are financial goals. Uh, financially for now, maybe you want to become debt free. Maybe you want to save X number amounts of money. Maybe you want to put back for college or these type of things. So you want to set goals. Now here's a key component. And before I give you the proven process of goal setting, I'm going to give you a seven-part framework that absolutely has been proven over and over again to not only work, but to work very effectively. And great leaders, leaders who lead well, follow this pattern or something very similar. But here's another key component. We've talked about it, but I really want to emphasize it here. Commit to writing down your goals. Don't just say, I know what my goals are and I know where I'm going. Write them down. And and at the end of this podcast, I'm going to share two key ways to make sure you don't just write them down, but they actually become a reality in your life. Professor Gail Matthews of Dominican University of California conducted a study and she recruited 267 entrepreneurs, executives, artists, healthcare professionals, educators, attorneys, and other professionals from several different countries. And so there was quite a diversity in this study. She divided them up in five groups and tracked them over several weeks. Matthew's discovery, among other things, and this is worth the study in itself, the mere act of writing one's goals boosted achievement by 42%. Writing the goals down boosted achievement by 42%. Wow, 42% you know what? I've experienced the very same thing personally and with those who I coach and who I lead and who I counsel. Now I want to share with you this proven process of goal setting, a seven-part framework. It's called Smarter Goals. Uh, You may have heard of Smart Goals. You may have even heard of Smarter Goals. Let me break it down through an acrostic for you. The first letter S stands for Specific. Your goals must be specific. Uh, many people have wishes instead of goals. Wishes are goals without clarity. See, setting high goals, sometimes what others would consider unreasonable goals, is linked to self-confidence, motivation, and autonomy. A 2015 study conducted by psychologist Gail Matthews demonstrated that when people set high goals and wrote them down, they are 33% more successful than in achieving those goals than those who only form their goals in their head. In other words, we need to get it out of our head and get it on paper, but we also need to become very specific. Focus is power. Study after study shows the tougher and the more specific the goal, the more likely we are to engage in it, engage our focus, our creativity, our intellect, and our persistence. Bottom line is this. Vague goals don't inspire us, and we don't produce when we have vague goals. You may say, "Well, how do I how do I make a specific goal?" You know, a lot of people come and say, "Well, I want to I want to read more." Well, that's not very specific. I w- say, "You want to say I'm going to read a leadership book once a month for the next 12 months." Now that sounds pretty exciting because of all the knowledge that you're going to gain from reading 12 different leadership books over the next 12 months. People say, well, I want to get in shape. How about if we set a specific goal that says, I want to get in the best shape of my life. I want to build this much muscle. You know, I want to lose this much weight. Or in our relationships, I want to grow in my relationship with my wife. I want to start dating my wife again. Well, that's not very specific. Now, if you go and say, I'm going to set a date night that we're going to date at once a week for the next 52 weeks, now you're very specific, or time with my kids. I'm going to take time with each kid at this time each week. In other words, we're getting very specific with our goals. The second thing is measurable, and this goes right along with specific. So not only do they need to be specific, but we need to have some way to be able to measure if indeed we are Reaching our goals. Have we reached our goals? How how do we know we've reached our goals? How do we know that we are on track to reach our goal by the end of the year? Well, we have to have a way to measure our progress. An example is, you know, I want to increase my income this year. Okay, no, I want to increase it by 20%. Well, now you have a number. Uh, I want to exercise more. Well, that's great. No, I'm going to go to the gym Three days a week or four days a week. In other words, you lay it out and I'm going to, you know, you're going to measure it. I want to lose 40 pounds over the next three months or the next six months. In other words, it's very specific. Now, there are many ways that we can chart our progress. Uh, there are many smart devices, smart watches. I've got a smart watch that tells me to breathe. It tells me to stand up. It you know it tells me how I'm doing through the day. It, it'll tell me, hey, you're not doing as well as you should be at this time of the day. <laughs> Basically, it's saying you need to step it up a little bit. And and by the end of the day, I'm able to look or anytime throughout the day, I'm able to press it and I'm able to see how my progress is, and how much more of my goal I have left to achieve my daily goals. Well, you want to do the same thing for life. You want to to have something that is measurable. The third letter here is A is actionable. Goals are about what we're going to do, what we're going to achieve. So as a result, it's essential to get clear uh, on the primary action when we're formulating our goals. In other words, use strong verbs, action words that will prompt us to action. I'm going to run. I'm going to walk. I'm going to finish. Uh, let me give you an example. You may say, I want to write more. Well, I'm going to write every day for 30 minutes a day, or I'm going to write 500 words a day every week, or I'm going to write two articles every month. I'm, or you may say, I want to be more health conscious. I'm going to walk for 30 minutes on the treadmill, and I'm going to walk for 30 minutes outside. I'm going to sprint for a hundred yards and then I'm going to walk a mile. In other words, you're using action words. I'm going to do this. The letter R stands for risky. And this is critical because a lot of people, when they're using this system, they don't use the word risky. They use the word realistic. And what I want to do is I want to stretch us on our goals. We need to set high goals, risky goals. Anything that's worth accomplishing has a risk to it. Edwin Locke and Gary Latham said, There is a linear relationship between the degree of goal difficulty and performance. That's what they found in their study. They also found this, and I quote them, The performance of the participants with the highest goals was over 250% higher than those with the easiest goals. In other words, set goals that stretch you and challenge you. And when we do that, we will achieve more. In my field, I set goals which I cannot accomplish in my own power because I need God to help me to accomplish what he's called me to do. And so that is so critical that you set things that stretch you, that are beyond you, uh, that are going to require more of you than has ever been required. And as we do that, we will rise to the occasion and we will accomplish more. Letter T stands for time keyed. In other words, I'm not just going to set the goal someday because a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I was talking to a brother the other day who's run multiple marathons. I'm going to run a marathon. Well, someday I'm going to run a marathon. Well, they never, they never set any specifics of when they're going to run the marathon. Hey, I'm going to run the Chicago marathon on this date. So I'm going to have to start training here and I'm going to have to do this so much each day to see if I'm reaching my goal. So time keyed means there's a deadline, three things here. There's a deadline, there's a frequency, so I'm going to do it by such and such a date. There's a frequency. In order to get there, I'm going three times a week, I'm going to do this. There's a time trigger. Three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 a.m. In other words, you've got it all set up, a deadline, a frequency, and a time trigger. Deadlines demand attention, and they spur action. Now, you don't want to set them so far out that they encourage procrastination or amnesia. Uh, Time keys are essential for habit goals uh, to create that trigger so that we, every day or every week, we are progressing toward that goal. Letter E is exciting. Uh, No, that's what it is. It's exciting. Researchers say we stand a better chance of reaching our goals if we are internally motivated to do so. External motivation works for a while, but usually doesn't last very long. If you don't find your goals personally compelling, you won't have the motivation to push through when things get tough or tedious. And you know what? If you've set some goals that are risky and you're stretching yourself, there's going to come times when... It gets tough and you want to quit. Uh, There are going to become times when it gets tedious. And those are the moments that you've got to be excited about your goals. And so how do we know if we're setting exciting goals? Let me give you a few questions. Does the goal inspire me? Does it inspire me? Does Does it move me? Number two, does it engage my heart? You know, it's not just in my head, but it's in my heart. I want to do this. And number three, am I willing to work hard to make it happen? Am I willing to put in the extra effort, the extra work to make it happen because I'm that excited about accomplishing this goal? Letter R is for relevant. Effective goals are relevant to our life. If we're going to succeed, we need goals that align with legitimate demands and needs in our life, goals that align with our values Goals that are in harmony with one another as a whole. In other words, we're moving in the same direction. So they're relevant to where I am, the season I'm in in life, and where I want to go. Smarter goals. This is a proven system. I'm so excited to share it with you, and I'm even more excited for you to apply it. Now, I want to give you, in closing out this episode, I want to give you two key applications That will take goals from a possibility to a reality. In other words, it'll take the goals from off the paper that you wrote them on. And they will become a part of your life. Two key applications. Number one, are you ready? Number one, visibility. Keep the goals in front of you. High achievers do more than set goals. They keep those goals in view at all time. And so visibility is a key well how do you make your goals visible well you can make a picture of your goal you can write it down on paper something that will illustrate or remind you you can post it where you will regularly see it make your goals your screensaver some people put them on their screensaver on their phone or on their laptop or their desktop you can put them other places as well one of the one of the key places that I believe is critical to put them is on your bathroom mirror. Cause every morning you're going to look at that. I also put them in the, in my vehicle on my dash, or I put them in, for me in my Bible. I read my Bible every day. So I put it inside my Bible or in my office. I put it on my desk so that every day throughout the day, I am going to see those goals. I'm going to be reminded of those goals because if we don't do that, you see the, the reason many goals fall by the wayside is not because they're unachievable or it's not because they're too difficult. It's often because those goals fall victim to the old saying, out of sight, out of mind. If we do not keep our goals in front of us, we will lose sight of them and we will not accomplish them. The second, now now this is critical, The, the second key application is accountability. Share with others. The American Society of Training and Development found the following in a recent study. This is astounding. Let's listen to this. 65% of their participants completed a goal. If they asked someone to hold them accountable to their goal and fully committed to accomplishing their project with their accountability partner. In other words, accountability makes a difference. If indeed we follow through with the accountability, 65% completed their goal. That's a high percentage but let me share even, listen, let me share even a higher percentage. 95%, you heard that right. 95% of people successfully met their goals when they did the above that I mentioned, but also attended a specific appointment with their accountability partner to discuss their progress and success. In other words, we're going to set this goals. I need to hold you to hold me accountable, but we're going to meet on March 10th and we're going to take a look, or we're going to meet on the first Monday of every month, and we're going to take a look at our progress, or we're going to we're going to call each other and spend 30 minutes talking about our progress. That's why programs like Weight Watchers, and that's why programs where you have a personal trainer, or you work out with someone, or, or where you have an accountability partner, they work because there's someone else that is there that is waiting on you, counting on you, and that you have to give an account. That's what accountability is. You have to give an account to them and you've got to face them, whether you did it or you not, or you didn't do it right, whether you did it or not. And so you're more likely to succeed 95%. It's a no brainer. So two key applications, the system works, but two key applications to taking it from a possibility to a reality, from paper to you achieving and exceeding these goals and expectations Visibility, keep it in front of you. Accountability, get someone that will hold you accountable. Hey, I want you to know that I'm praying for you to experience your best year yet. I I believe that the best is yet to come. And, And I believe that if you apply what we have shared in this episode, that not only will you experience your best year yet, but it will prepare you to continue year after year to experience your best year yet. In other words, the best is yet to come because it only gets better. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at